Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Uh, before I introduce my guest to you, I'd like to tell you about some books that released today. Uh, my friend, author Carolyn Haynes, released A Gift of Bones, a great cozy. Um, my buddy, my pal, my friend, and one of the most creative people I know, Eric Pruitt, just released um, a collection of short stories called Townies um, and other stories of Southern mischief. Trust me, you're going to love this book. Um, Kathy Stoller released Bar None. My friend Leland Dirks and his border collie, Angelo, just released My Name is Angelo about his journey to meet his new home. Uh, John Hegenberger released Short Falls, a Stanway LAPI collection. Um, a Bard's Desire was released by Shermaine McFarlane. Uh, you Were Always Mine by Nicole Bart, who will be on later on, um, with uh, an in-conversation with Tosca Lee. Right now, I'm very happy to introduce my guest, Bob Mayer, who is a New York Times bestselling author. He is the grandfather of two future Leaders of the Resistance Against the Machines, a New York Times bestselling author, a graduate of West Point, um, a former Green Beret, and the feeder and um, owner, uh, being owned by two wonderful labs, especially the famous Cool Gus. He's published over 75 books and has traveled the world uh, in his capacities as author and and military man, I'm thrilled to welcome Bob Mayer to the show. Hi, Bob. How are you? Long time no I'm talk. I'm doing good. Oh, I thanks for having me. My pleasure. I think we saw each other at Thriller Fest, and I, yes. I recognized mm-hmm. you mostly because I, I knew that you had co-authored some books with Jennifer Cruzy, but um, not knowing how prolific you were in science fiction also, and um, which appeals to me greatly. Tell me about how you started writing for Area 51. Um, I was writing military thrillers early in my career based on my experiences, and um, I met a helicopter pilot who told me that the airspace over Area 51 was as highly classified as that over the White House, and that kind of got me interested. So I started researching, and there's not much information about it, and I kind of found that most of the information back in the mid-'90s was coming from one source. Uh Being a fiction writer, I thought, yeah, I can play with this. I can I can take this a step further. And so you did. Yeah. Well, I ended up with I didn't plan a series, but the first book did so well. Um, I did nine books originally, and yet this past year I revisited the series and wrote two more. Wow. Um, I know that you write also the Green Beret series. Um, you you've written. Just about everything there is. I, it's just really hard to find a genre you haven't written in. But um, I want to talk for a little while, though, about Area 51. It's my understanding that a lot of people who worked in Area 51 are now starting to come forward and talk about their experiences. Um, do you buy what they say, or does it matter? It doesn't really matter. Um I work. I was in special operations, and I have an understanding of the way covert ops work. So, it's kind of if you hear something, you can right away know it's pretty much not true. I mean, the ah. things that are real, you're you're never going to hear about. So, as and plus, I wouldn't want to get too real. Um, people always get concerned. You know, will the government come after me if I say this or say that? I'm like, only if it's true. 
And uh, <laughs> weirdly, sometimes fiction gets pretty close to truth, and you don't even know you're getting close to truth. What have you learned about Area 51 that most of the general public doesn't know? Um, it's pretty unclassified now. and We know that a lot of these uh, aircraft, like the Stealth Fighter, were tested there. I imagine the, the interesting part about it is the western border is the Nevada test site. And that's mm-hmm. where I think 800 nukes have been uh, tested. I think that's kind of interesting. That And when the treaties were signed, they abandoned a couple of tests that were being prepared. And there's several really deep shafts out there in the test site that were supposed to have uh, nuclear weapons put down them and, and tested underground. And their shafts are still out there. So I've used those in a couple of my books. Wow. I didn't realize that. Um, w- Literally, is there fallout from having been a test site? I totally, oh, yes. And the government tends to just bury things. I mean, literally bury things, like bulldoze it into the ground. And that's one of the things some of the people who work there are complaining about. They have health issues because of toxic materials that weren't properly disposed of. So is there any way to dispose of a, a nuclear bomb or material? I mean, I don't um, know. Is well, there, they, can you really do that? <laughs> well, they've got Yucca Mountain, that which I've seen uh, from the distance, uh, but then they found there was cracks in the earth underneath it, so that wasn't working too well. It, I mean, the Russians just dump it on the island up above the Arctic Circle, uh, north of where they are. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a big problem, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to last well, uh, for a long, long time. Boy, you're not kidding. Um, I, I saw also that you um, you wrote this the Green Beret series. Um, there are five or six books in that series now. I, I kind of lost track. Um, are you still writing that series, or have you set that aside for now? Um, I ended up with nine books, six originally, wow. and then I introduced a new character, Horace Chase. I did three books with him, and he merges with the character from the original series. Um, right now, I'm doing something similar but it's it's launching a, a brand new series i'm very excited about with a former special forces guy but i'm setting it in the past in ni- 1977 in new york city so i'm kind of pitching it as a uh, first blood meets breaking bad and it's been a oh, lot of wow. fun right wow 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 um uh you self-publish a lot of your books don't you um I have 42 books traditionally published i've got nine published by Amazon Publishing, and the rest I self-published. Do you, you obviously love to write. You're so prolific. Um, uh, is there a time when you're not writing anymore, Bob? No, I'm pretty much writing all the time. I just finished this manuscript. I'm editing it, and right away I'm already outlining the next book because uh, one thing that's changed with uh, eBooks is in the old days I wrote on the pen names because publishers only wanted one book a year, Nowadays, as fast as you can get a book out, it's it's better. I mean, people want that next story right away. You mention on your website that you write under Robert Doherty, Greg Donegan, Joe Dalton, and Bob McGuire. Do you write um, the same type of books for each of your pen names, or are you now writing only under Bob? I've pulled all – got the rights back to all my books. I've pulled those books back to um, – under my name. So I don't have any books out there under my pen names anymore. They're all under Bob Mayer. 
Did you have to write in different genres for each of those pen names when you were writing? Uh, a lot of it was contractual that the publisher would uh, own the option on my next book. So, and I was writing three, four books a year. They only wanted one. So my agent said, you know, just we'll just put it out there under a pen name. Wow. <laughs> you know, there's always a way, I guess, right? How oh, in yeah. the world, after 75 books, I don't know how long, how long have you been writing? I guess I should ask you that. How long have you 30, been writing fiction? This is 30 years. I started my first book, my first manuscript in 1988. When you left service, did you know you wanted to write uh, not really. I, I left active duty, and I was st- in the Orient studying martial arts, and I had some time on my hand because you can only really work out so many hours a day. And I wrote two manuscripts and didn't even think about getting published. I guess I was just bored. I had the original 512K Mac, um, and I wrote wow. those, and someone read one and said, this is like a real book. So I went on the journey of getting an agent and getting published, and I've been doing that ever since. Holy moly. That's pretty impressive. Where in the world, after all these years of writing and all, I imagine you do a lot of reading too, but 75 plus books and you've finished another manuscript, where do all of your ideas come from? I mean, are they just running around in your brain and you're kind of plucking at it saying, I think I'll work on this one? Um, It evolves. Um, I have some common themes. I, I like history. I like legends. Area 51 is a modern legend. Atlantis is an ancient legend. Um, sure. But lately, I'm more focused on character. Um, this book I just wrote now is something I've dreamed of doing for a long time because I've, I came up with this character, and then I've put a good cast of people around him, and I've just thrown him into a situation in New York City in the summer of 77 uh, when I was there. And now um, he just has problems coming up, and he's dealing with them, and that's a lot of fun. Um, to be very character oriented now. Is this a? Um, are we starting a new genre when we read the next Bob Mayer? Um, it's going to be more suspense than thriller. Technically, a thriller of the world's at stake. Um, right. This is more that the characters are at stake. Since it's set in the past, I'm not going to change history, but my characters are inside of history, and what's at stake is is themselves, the people around them, the people they care about. Is this a what, what if, like an every man's what if? Is that the type of thing you're talking about? Um, sort of. I mean, it's it's basically a guy who, I think the key line is he remembers when he's a kid, a priest tells him, you know, who who uh, protects the sheep here on, you know, in the present. And that's sort of his job. He takes care of people who can't take care of themselves and equalizes sort of person. God, I love those kind of stories. It kind of reminds me of John Gilstrap's book. So I'm 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 excited to know when do you hope to publish? It depends. I'll be giving it to my agent probably in a couple of weeks, and we'll see what we come up with. Because I'm looking probably to get these traditionally published or go with Amazon Publishing again. So I want to just tell everyone a little bit about all the different series you have. To Area 51... There's Night Stalker. Now, is Night Stalker about the military by any chance? Night Stalkers came from the idea of who is the special operations unit that takes care of things that go bump in the night. Um, uh-huh. So it's kind of fun. It's sort of like the unit meets Warehouse 13. Um, so oh, that, love that, that was a fun series stuff. to write. 
Oh, gosh, I love I have to go back now and like go to Amazon and buy a bunch of books now. Um, you have the Atlantis series, which I love legends and myths like that. You have Duty, Honor and Country. You have Presidential. Mm-hmm. I want to know about Psychic, psychic Warriors, though, because that is psychic that, that to me it is a very fascinating subject because I think it's the things that like DARPA and everybody else kind of is working with. Right. Psychic War actually came out of a real program I was affiliated with when I was in 10 Special Forces. Um, at the time, they initially actually called it Jedi Warrior, <laughs> and then they, they changed that to uh, Trojan Warrior because we were the uh, Trojan Warrior group. But it was a, a thing where they took two A-teams, and they wanted to try to train them to be extra special soldiers, which may sound funny for Special Forces. But they brought in things like mind-body trainers, uh, monks to teach meditation, martial arts, uh, body control, control your heart rate, your body temperature. And I just kind of took that a step forward and said, okay, if we keep moving this forward, what if we take warfare onto the virtual plane, take it out of the real that we see, and we start fighting on a whole different level? Jeez, it's almost – I mean, we're close to being there, don't you think? Um, we're getting there. Right now, to me, the biggest threat uh, where everything's going is drones. And artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then you have the Green Beret series. You have Time Patrol series. You have what is the Cellar series? C E L L A R series. Yeah. Yeah, that that came out of the idea. Uh, my wife and I like the idea that there's a. We would like. We hope there is a special government organization that um, puts the welfare of everybody ahead of uh, petty interests. And that first book was interesting, The Bodyguard of Lies, because it was basically um, a housewife and a female assassin end up together getting chased, and they don't quite know who's chasing them or why. And it, I really like the way the story turned um, back into itself. Very interesting. So then there's Shadow Warrior, Burner, and then you had some work that you did with a romance writer. Uh, or contemporary romance, I should say, kind of humorous contemporary romance, Jennifer Cruzy. So um, I think that's when I got first in, got introduced to your books, and um, I really enjoyed them a lot. But how is collaborating with another author? Did you enjoy yourself? I learned a lot. I'm really using a lot of what I learned with Jenny right now uh, in writing because we approached things differently. I was a very plot-oriented writer. She was very character-oriented. I was a very big-picture person. She's a very detailed person. Um, so I was able to, to learn quite a bit. Uh, I think we learned uh, from each other because of our different styles. It's interesting. Um, the books were a lot of fun, but so out of your wheelhouse, what you're doing now. Um, but I would imagine that... Um, do you write female characters differently? Not really. Now? And actually, I think not. No, I think I've always done uh, good female characters. The book I just finished, I think, is a lot more like Agnes and the Hitman. It's not humor, but I have a it's lot of my favorite uh, banter between characters. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I have a lot more. Um, the interplay between characters is is what's fun, and that's what Jenny taught me a lot of. How fabulous. Uh, tell me something about you that most people don't know. Oh, <laughs> that most people don't know. Most people don't know much. I tend to uh, stay off of uh, social media and things like that, not disclose personal information. It's just something we were taught. 
in special forces. Um, and one of the things that well, comes out of it, I, I don't want you to give me personal things. information. I, I want you to tell me something that isn't in your bio that you're not afraid to tell someone. Huh? I'm trying to think. <laughs> That's a good question. Well, well you studied martial is, uh, arts, you said, right? You studied martial all the arts. Places we've lived, my wife and ah. I, we've lived a lot of different places. We, and actually the first time we took a trip together, we went to Little Bighorn. Uh, so that's a little strange. We both had a fascination with that battle. Uh, so we drove out there, and then we ended up living in Boulder, Colorado. From really? there, we moved to Hilton Head, South Carolina. From there to Whidbey Island, Washington. From there to North Carolina. And now we're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Gee, travel much? Do you guys carry it, just have a suitcase packed all the time? Uh, well, she was a military brat, and I was military, so we're used to moving every three, uh-huh. four years. Do you have Wonderlust still? Not particularly. Actually, we're talking about um, now just finding one one place and settling down, and that's it. And we don't know if that's going to be uh, somewhere here in Tennessee around her parents with some land, or uh, she has French citizenship, so we might take a trip over there and take a look around. How fun for you. Um, tell me about Cool Gus and his brother slash – ah, is that Gus now? That's Gus barking. He wants to get in the other door. I'm on the other side of the house, and he went around to the kitchen and wants to be let in. Ah, well, by all means, walk over and let him in. We we don't mind hearing from pets on this show, too. Um, how did he get his name? Uh, Gus came from Augustus McCray, the character in Lonesome Dove. Uh, he's one of my favorite fictional characters, and... When I ran uh, my publishing company, we had to come up with a name, and I was sitting there one day, and I looked down, and he was laying at my feet, and we got that picture of him with the sunglasses on. I just thought, yeah. well, he looks pretty cool, so let's just do cool guts. <laughs> he is a very cool-looking dog, that's for sure. I use that picture in my um, – and I know you use it quite a bit, but I used it in the uh, social media promotion because I thought he's just a cool-looking dog. He's a big boy, isn't he? Um, he's pretty big. He's he's an English lab, so he has that huge head. Yeah. And actually, one of the things I'm working on is a book called The Tao of Cool Gus, where he he imparts his wisdom. <laughs> the Tao of Cool Gus. <laughs> so funny. Um, I don't recall seeing you that often at many conferences, but we may just not go to the same conferences, except for when we met at Thriller Fest. Do you enjoy going to reader-writer conferences? Um, I learn a lot of conferences. I've taught at hundreds of conferences over the years. Um, but in teaching, you also learn, and you have to prepare yourself. Um, so I don't have – actually, I just came back from Jacksonville, Florida, and I don't have anything until a year from now, unless I go to wow. Fest again next summer. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. Um, I – enjoy going because I get to interview everybody and I get to meet people that I interview. So that's a lot of fun. And as a reader, I'm the only host in this network who's not a writer. I am a reader, but um, I also read across genres. So it's always fun for me to go to the different conferences. Well, I have to tell you, I went to a romance writers of America conference and it's several times. Wow. It's like being, you know, held by your mom real close to her bosom. It's such a warm and welcoming type thing. They're just all so wonderful. <laughs> I was unprepared for that. They're not big bar people the way they are at, you know, 
voucher or thriller yeah. or, or those other things. <laughs> but well, um, a lot people, of fun. RWA is uh, is really the most professional writing organization out there. They're very um, business oriented. Well, you're not kidding. The publishers are there in full support. I met so many of the people that I deal with over over the years of doing this. So, a lot of fun. Um, do you enjoy doing book signings, Bob? Sure. Yeah, all, all, every author does. I don't know any author who doesn't like doing book signings. Oh, I the readers are the key to this business. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I know some who really don't like to go to author signings, so I, I find that fascinating. Um, uh, I guess, you know, you you seem to be like a really outgoing guy, and all most writers I know are kind of introverted. And so um, putting themselves out in front of a, a crowd sometimes is very uncomfortable. Um, it's, you know, so that's why I'm, I'm curious about it. Um, when you have a chance to read, whose book are you picking up to read? Um, probably I'm finishing a biography of, uh, William Tecumseh Sherman right now. And then I see Kate Atkinson has a new book out. So I'll probably check that out. I like, I like her stories and the way she weaves them together. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Can you give us a hint of the title of your new book? Uh, the new book is, the title is New York Minute. And I already Excellent. got the next two titles, so um, I'm planning on this series doing quite well. Is this, um, are you rebranding this, or, or is it going to have a new name, or are you going back under another series with the, with the three no, new books? Is, this will be under my name, and it's just launching a new series. I imagine if they have to give the series a name that will be the main character, Will Kane. Well, it sounds like fun. I'm really glad that we had a chance to talk today. And um, I hope you let me know when, uh, when the new book is released, because I'd love to have you come back and talk just about that book. Certainly. I'll let you know. Thanks. And thanks so much for being my guest today, Bob. Um, give Cool Gus a pat on the head for me. What is Cool Gus's partner's name? Uh, the little Becca, she's laying here right at, his, at my feet, and he's rubbing up against me right now. Ah, uh, oh, okay. So that was Becca's book list. I didn't know who Becca was. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, Becca the librarian. Becca the librarian. That's very cool. Bob Mayer, tell everyone where they can find you on the webs, please. Um, BobMayer dot com. Um, got a bunch of free, several free books, and a bunch of free slideshows on survival writing history, all sorts of interesting stuff there. Yeah, your page is so nice and easy to use. And um, I love your covers because they're bright and um, they're just really eye-catching. I'm sure that was, uh, you know, intentional, but they're terrific. Thank you so much for being with me. Bob Mayer, I wish you much success, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, Bob, have a good evening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's my Wednesday show, folks. I'm going to be back tomorrow with a special, special guest. I hope you join me. Thanks for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>